Welcome to Q Talks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Q Talks. I'm Paras Arora, and I'll be hosting this podcast series by QDesk, a one-on-one chat with industry's top professionals who are shaping and building flexible workspace ecosystem. My guest for this episode is someone I really respect, uh, someone very established in terms of corporate career. Uh, you know, starting from consulting to investment banking, investments, family office, and of course, now in flexible ecosystem. Hi, Abhishek. Very warm welcome to Q Talks, and very, very glad, humbly glad that you agreed to do this. Thanks, Paras. Thanks for having me. Abhishek uh, is CEO CoWorks, also CEO RMZ Family Office. In terms of uh, you know academic background, Abhishek is commerce graduate and also a chartered accountant. You know we all know CoWorks, which is a very beautiful one of the top names in co-working or flexible ecosystem. Is also you know uh, for us uh, who've been observing this phenomenon for the last four or five years, CoWorks is an Indian answer to WeWork. Uh, you know, Abhishek, I just want to start uh, with the usual Q&A, but before that, I have a remark. Uh, if you can comment on that, that would be lovely. You know, I feel that if a client is pitched both WeWork and CoWorks at the same given point in time, same micro market, price is also same, what is that one promise CoWorks has, or probably an edge? Sure. Thanks, Paris. Firstly, thanks again for having me. Thanks for the very generous and kind introduction. Uh, on a lighter note, uh, before I sort of give you a little more serious answer, I would say that uh, the price of our biggest competitor would never be the same. They would always have a lower price than us, right? So, but that's a little tongue-in-cheek comment. Uh, but I think the uh, question you asked is a very important and a nuanced one, right? I think the, you know, we've seen it across different industries, across different services, products where you have very successful Indian brands. And I think, uh, you know, people criticize the Indian innovation ecosystem, the startup ecosystem saying we've only done copycat products and we don't innovate. Again, uh, at Coworks, I don't want to say that we were not inspired by WeWork. Uh, Clearly WeWork at least globally was launched uh, before us in, uh, in other parts of the world. But in India, we sort of started our journey a little ahead of WeWork. But more importantly, I think from day one, the difference that we wanted to bring uh, to our members was a very deep enterprise experience and not really an experience where you had a bunch of people in hoodies crowding around a community desk. So while we had a lot of young, refreshing design elements uh, that we brought in, uh, right from our first center, all our seats, or I would say 90, 95% of our seats were always in the format of private offices. The whole expenditure, the design that we did on the capital ex- capital side, the kind of furniture we use, the kind of acoustics, the kind of lighting was all designed for enterprises. And I think, uh, you know, when we reflect back sitting today in a COVID world, that strategy has been one of the best strategies for us. It's been one of our biggest differentiators. We've had people 
give us names of our competitors that were offering much lower prices, but they've still chosen because they wanted a very sophisticated and nuanced offering, which only we were able to give them, right? Again, I've used this phrase, and this is not specific to any one competitor or the other, but you know, if some of our competitors created this whole frat party kind of uh, offering, ours was almost like an anti-frat party. And I think that is something which enterprises really valued, and that's really worked uh, well for us right from day one, and particularly in the current environment. Oh, thanks, uh, Abhishek. In fact, you know, this justifies when I started this uh, you know, episode that someone I really respect and admire and, you know, you, you know that, that edgy part as far as we are concerned with co-works is the design, the whole energy and vibe. I mean, I've seen almost all the co-works, uh, barring one or two, uh, but of course, they all are standardized. There is a design language, uh, which is standard. But overall, you know, your, your buildings, uh, you know, the staff uh, from sales to community is spot on. And I feel that uh, this is just a, you know, kind of a pause, which we all are going through. Uh, it's a big, big, uh, you know, I would say phenomena yet to be witnessed uh, post-COVID. So great. Thanks for answering that. And coincidentally, you know, you both have a parentage in form of real estate development company, very large ones, uh, and also origination from Bangalore. This is, this is also pretty striking. Well, I think uh, the Bangalore part is the easier one. I think Bangalore has the smartest, uh, the best, and generally also good-looking people. I'm an exception to that rule. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I think the point about uh, real estate uh, patronage is important. Uh, I won't, again, underplay it. I think we've leveraged our backing by the RMZ group to us, to, to our advantage. Uh, and I think we've done it really in two fronts. One is the understanding of real estate from a location perspective, right? So I think it's also very important to pick the right location. And if we could pick the right location and build millions of square feet of uh, you know, tech parks, uh, there was no way in which we would go wrong in picking uh, centers for co-work. So that's, I think, one area where we definitely leveraged on the experience and I'm sure the others have done so as well. And of course, then on the enterprise relationship, which again goes back to the point I made right at the start, that for us, it was not something that happened by accident. Uh, the enterprises were the only people we knew. They were the only people we wanted to work with. And therefore, our strategy was very, very clearly laid out from day one. And I think uh, to that extent, both these advantages and many others that we have gained by being part of a larger company have certainly helped us to stay true to our purpose. Right. So, you know, I straight away jumped to the remark and the commentary about, you know, P-Work versus co-works and, you know, the promise of the positioning of co-works. You know, let's, let's just go back to, you know, a clue from the introduction, such a versatile, spanned out corporate career, uh, you know, just inspire us, uh, you know, from start till date in terms of your journey. So, Paris, as you said right at the beginning, I'm a chartered accountant. Uh, so, my training, an accountant, a finance person, and that's largely what I've actually done for most of my career, uh, barring the last two years where I've come into a full-blown operating role. And, and you know, a company like Oworks in that sense is very retail at one level and very uh, B2B at the other level. So, it's a very interesting and all-encompassing role. But most of my life uh, before that, I've been with uh, firms advising on tax, advising on M&A, advising on restructuring, done a lot of work on uh, 
the family uh, advisory side. But I think the one theme I would really call out uh, for the listeners is that I've always gone beyond the traditional path, uh, taken the road less traveled. So I left a very successful career in a large firm and uh, joined a gang of former colleagues and friends to start BMR Advisors, which at that time was, you know, just a firm uh, coming out literally from uh, the grassroots. We built a phenomenal brand. We built a phenomenal uh, uh, franchise for ourselves, grew that. Uh, and then again, leaving PwC at the when I was at the helm of one of its largest practices to completely come into an operating role was another example. It's not that uh, you know uh, you haven't seen failure. It's not that uh, leaving the comfort zone comes uh, easy, and it's not that somebody who stays in a single organization doing uh, one specialty is uh, missing out on something. But I would just leave a thought that you know today the environment and the ecosystem we all live in is very very exciting. Um, if we leave aside all the emotional and health pain that the COVID environment is giving us, it's also opening up so many opportunities, right? And therefore, I would just urge some of the younger people to evaluate what's around them, think hard, uh, explore, not sort of be constrained and afraid by some of the traditional boundaries that we've all grown up uh, with. And, and, you know, the best and the biggest learnings come when you step out of uh, what you know doing best. So again, it's not about one route or one channel being better than the other. I think to each their own, but as long as one is constantly unlearning, and I think that's a phrase I really like to emphasize that more than learning, it's very important to unlearn because if you don't unlearn, you stay stuck in certain paradigms. And then, you know, your sort of mind and body refuses to accept anything uh, new. And I think that's the biggest tragedy for anyone's career. Great. I have absolute similar contribution as far as if someone asked me. I mean, it's all learning has been very, very important because, you know, more and more you get stuck with the corporate job. Uh, then, you know, you do have uh, personal professional responsibilities. You're not really reinventing yourself, not experimenting, not risking. So I think, uh, I, I, I don't know if you know, I was uh, again from one of the IPCs. And then, you know, when I was taking this entrepreneurial uh, stint, there was a pushback here and there. But I think somewhere, you know, I was uh, kind of following someone and uh, I learned something that, you know, if you believe something, you will behave accordingly. And when you behave accordingly, uh, the business happens. So like in Hindi, they, they say that Vishwas, Vebar and Vebar. So I think I've been a firm believer of that. And that, you know, uh, towards the end, I realized uh, it is like probably a kind of a philosophy, but it is all, all about, you know, uh, fracturing your preconceived notions again and again, uh, pushing yourself to the wall, uh, learning from, you know, extremely younger audience. That has taught me a lot. So do you oh, have Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I think uh, two comments. One is you should not just get pushed against the wall, but you should attempt to break the wall uh, and look what's on the other side. And, uh, but, you know, I think the point about uh, learning from youngsters is a very, very important one. And that was uh, at least the first about six, nine months when I came into co-works. Uh, I've always worked with younger people, but, you know, co-works in terms of the proportion of younger people was just phenomenal. I was almost uh, two times the average age there. So, uh, and, and, you know, the one thing that struck me amongst everything else is the fearlessness. Right? Hmm. Uh, 
the just the fact that they're not afraid to do anything you give them an assignment you give them something to think about you give them uh, some numbers to crunch whatever was it they would say yes and they would come up with uh, you know a, a damn good attempt at that right of course there's always something for them to learn and that's where we can add value but just the way that they would go and take a crack at it crack at it was amazing and i think if somebody keeps believing that uh, you know i've done this for 15 years and don't teach me how to do it uh, and i still hear people using those lines i think uh, each time you're use, using those lines you're actually stopping and preventing yourself from learning 10 new things right so yeah. just because something worked and just because you did it in a particular way a, the world has changed and is changing so dramatically and b unless you let new ideas come in uh, you know nothing's going to improve and so i think that's very important true absolutely in fact what you said is better articulated uh, compared to what i said you know about younger lot i just feel that genetically they're smarter and and they all are getting smarter and smarter i look at my kids and i was trying to remember what i would have been when i was 12 uh, there is quite a difference no and rightly so right i mean if uh, future generations are not smarter than the earlier ones then i think uh, the world overall would not be making adequate progress so i think that's uh, absolutely a natural thing to do and i think uh, just their whole exposure to technology which uh, yeah. uh, which changes a lot of it uh, and i think this whole element of design thinking and you know viewing things from a user perspective which is something that in our times we've never had enough emphasis on and again what you've built which is again an amazing product what we've done in coworks it's all about putting the user first and i think that's what the younger generation totally understands right so moving on to you know i won't say covid i would say current state uh, we have witnessed you know couple of unlocks still going on uh, but somehow the turnout to office has not been great uh, what are your predictions about it is it all about waiting till the vaccination or people just going to give up come back to offices or we are in for some kind of a disruption i think the final verdict is not out yet right uh, i'm sure you've attended several webinars spoken in some listened to some if you look at the narrative that was there in april to the narrative in june it was dramatically different the narrative from june to now is dramatically different uh, the narrative in october will be different the narrative in december will be different right so this is uh, it's it's a moving goalpost the situation is evolving the medical dimensions of it keep changing the human dimensions of it keep changing so when people say post covid and during covid etc i think we need to kind of now i think we know enough we'll never know the whole thing uh, but i think we know enough to now say that post covid is a long time away right it is all about during covid uh, and that during covid with or without a vaccine according to me will extend easily till the middle to end of 2021 right that said uh, it's not the end of the formal workspace at all uh, and i think it's not the end of work from home as well i think uh, and i and i often reflect on this personally that covid has brought in several changes to our lives and some of them will be permanent some of them will be completely temporary and some of them will be in between and i think when it comes to work work is in one of those in between categories where 
the final outcome will be that people will want more flexibility and that flexibility can come in a variety of ways, right? It could mean that I want the flexibility to work some days from home, some days from the workspace. It could mean that the workspace itself does not need to be my main office. It could mean distributed offices. The workspace could be places on demand, which I know, again, uh, you're not building a product around. So I think uh, the world and the way in which the workspace and work will be looked at is one of the changes which COVID has and will continue to always have an impact. And it is going to be in that in-between category. Long answer, uh, Paris, to your question. Therefore, what does it mean to the sector? I think it means only good things. Mm -hmm. But uh, all those good things will play out once there is enough comfort that humans have you know i don't want to call them employees or employers i think once humans have enough comfort that it is safe for them to come out and come to workspaces once that tipping point is hit i think flexible uh, workspace operators uh, will not have a better time after that great i think this is one of the best and perfect answer i've got of like you said there's nothing post-covid to be discussed right now it's in covid uh, you know, my take on this is that how would humans feel safe to come out? And do they need to come out if they are able to manage the stuff at home? I think uh, there are no perfect one answer uh, to entire spectrum. But I just feel that, like the way you said, if there are protocols set and absorbed, that if you have, this is what you need to follow, uh, in terms of hospitalization or, you know, healthcare uh, infrastructure. If you don't have, no need to panic. Most of the guys are getting it, recovering it. I think it's all about confidence building, which the mainstream media, uh, even at our social media level, everyone needs to do that. Uh, it is very difficult to comment that vaccination is the answer because vaccination takes time. Uh, and you look at our population base. It would be very difficult to get everyone vaccinated in the first month itself. No, absolutely agree. Like I said, it should be more about the health care and the sort of uh, curative elements rather than the preventive. Uh, preventive is very important. Uh, so preventive, precaution, care and curative, right? I think that's the whole ecosystem. And I think we've ignored the last two. And as long as those can come up and give people comfort, I think... Uh, people necessarily may not wait for the completely safe prevention, uh, which is some time away. Yeah. So, but are you guys seeing, uh, you know, week on week basis, uh, kind of a encouragement in terms of, you know, office turnout? It's getting better. Uh, I mean, we, we measure both what I call contractual occupancy and physical occupancy. So I think uh, contractual occupancy is gradually climbing up for us. Uh, physical occupancy is also gradually climbing up, but still not uh, in enough numbers. So, uh, like I said, I would suspect that happening uh, around September, October. And right. I, know, I know that's the easier, easiest answer to give sitting in August, but uh, I don't see it happening before that, that for sure. But you guys are back to deal table, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think we were never off the deal table. Uh, we had new customer sign-ins uh, right through April, May, June, July. We continue to have them. Uh, we've been doing customizations uh, through that period. Uh, you all got us a large client, as you're aware. Uh, we've delivered on that through this period. So, you know, we've been, uh, you know, our sort of 
order book has been completely uh, active through this whole period and it's also because we've kept our centers open not in violation of any norms but you know yeah. we've had a lot of essential services uh, clients and so on so we've always been available to those who needed the center within the framework of the law yeah the transaction you mentioned i mean it's a learning uh, you know absolute beautiful case study what a support we got from you guys uh, thanks for that i think it's uh, together it's uh, one of the first but uh, uh, many more to come uh, abhishek if this pandemic had not been there uh, what have been your know, metric scale varus we've never been a player to chase scale for the sake of it uh, you know we've never believed that valuations come just from having empty seats so you know right from 2019 so june july august we've been very careful uh, we also have been talking about uh, moving to an asset light model because again to us the whole industry model right now is a bit uh, misplaced uh, a co-working operator should be very similar to a hotel operator where you come and bring in your operating expertise your design experience and exp- expertise to set it up set up the protocol set up the sops and operate the center and bring in the revenues right the building and the capex really belongs uh, to another pool of capital or another kind of investor so uh, you know we've always been pursuing that path even pre covid which is why we sort of went slow on expanding our own centers it's taken us a longer than expected time to convince the players in the ecosystem that this is the way to go i think we've now seeing a lot of conversations on this front opening up people finally realizing that this is the way to go also large developers realizing that they need to have some flexible space in their larger parks and the operator model is only way for them to uh, get that done so uh, i think we've spent the last uh, you know let's say 12 months before covid and this period in really pushing our agenda of the whole industry moving to an operator model and i think if we succeed we would have done ourselves a lot of good and uh, done a lot of good to a lot of the other players in the market i agree uh, in fact uh, had pandemic not been there i was looking forward to the whole uh, you know parallel with hospitality where you have these management contracts uh it is the landlord or the you know the fund which owns and then it's operated by the specialist whether it's marriott or hilton or starbucks i thought that you know coworks would definitely organically would end up uh being a very strong operator model uh so i think probably you were like you know 12 months away landlords uh they need returns in terms of operation they end of the day go to the expert yeah absolutely so i'm i'm confident that this model will uh, play out uh, fairly soon for us i think this is the only way and i think uh, this is the next phase of growth that we're going to see yeah so like uh, you know post covid post vaccination do you feel that you know uh, same time last year when we were talking to enterprises large ones you know flex was probably less than 4 5% and suddenly do you think it would end up being probably the mainstream if not fully mainstream 30% of the portfolio at least at least uh, like i said uh, it depends what all you add into flex uh, because people are not going to work in a single office any longer there will be a very distributed style of office if you then add on demand offices to that and so on so if you really add i mean it's also important how you uh, 
arrive at this percentage because there will be a work from home component as well that you can't ignore every company small big good bad uh, will have some work from home component right so if you exclude the work from home component and look at the percentage of people working out of home and then apply a percentage to that of people mm. working in flexible or on demand or any space which is not the main office or main workspace of the enterprise i think it will be at least 50% so that's encouraging so uh, i think you have some good times coming as well because platforms like yours are where people are going to be booking their next meeting and their next uh, catch up and all of that you know this makes me ask you i mean you also tried um you know in fact we were like you know uh, very excited to have competition like coworks go or uncube which you uh you know kind of uh, acquired or acquired uh what was the strategy uh, for that i mean was it like you know uh, to enable on demand booking for cowork uh, inventory or overall it was i mean actually we you know we had already built and we still have our own platform uh, which we had developed for people to book the cowork's inventory on an on demand basis and then that's when we thought why don't we expand and create this into a business right so i think we've always believed that uh, while the larger spaces will be for enterprise on a more permanent basis there will always be an on demand uh, you know component to it and uh, i think this is one of the opportunities that covid has created and i think this is what many of the smaller players who are otherwise facing uh, extinction and i don't mean that in a bad way should really jump on to this bandwagon see how they can create uh, their offerings coming onto platforms working with players like yourselves and a lot of others in the market so i really think there needs to be some galvanizing that people uh, who run smaller outfits need to do to create a strong on demand ecosystem because that is again going to completely you know blossom uh, again we don't need mm-hmm. to wait for the post covid world but it will start blossoming the moment people are fed up of being at home or and and or start feeling safe to come out now we are seeing that traction actually uh you know uh i want to book a desk just two days in a week uh can i have a month on month rolling contract so recently we you know kind of structured it in form of q pro where you don't have security deposit lock in and we are doing pretty much with the home grown local territory champs uh, that was actually my next question that you know what would you advise uh home grown operators uh one center two center kind of outfits who joined the entire you know movement of co-working after 2016 when you guys came in uh until 2019 what would be kind of a holding up you know sur- try to survive kind of a strategy for them what well, is you know strategies need cash so <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to give advice uh, but you know you need uh, cash to implement advice right uh, so i would find that it's you know i, I don't want to be sitting uh, in an armchair and giving people advice that is hard to implement so i think uh, i've already said it those who have really smaller or smallish outfits you need to see how you can really jump onto the on demand uh, uh, segment and capitalize on that some of the others you know I think hotels are doing a lot of innovative things on you know book now stay later kind of uh, offerings uh, i would just say that uh, you know the the product the service the model is here to stay we just need to figure out a way to sort of hang in there 
mm. the next couple of months and then it's all going to be smooth sailing but that's easier said than done and to that extent if you can consolidate figure out ways to partner with each other that's the best yeah so wish everyone all the best and in fact like you said i have been you know pretty loud uh, along with all the team members that uh, it's about surviving till october post that we all are going to be very very busy and for long term yeah let's hope so so let's move to you know slightly personal side i mean are you an avid reader not too much uh, i mean i used to read a lot uh, nowadays you know there's so many exciting newsletters and things like that so that takes up most of my reading time and uh, i love reading things like the morning brew and a few other things like tech crunch and stuff so i i you know i've never been a tech guy still not don't call myself a tech guy but i think i've learned in the last two years enough of tech or enough about tech rather and uh, reading all that some of the good startups are doing in that space fascinates me but there's one book which i happened to read uh, recently which is called factfulness it's a 2018 book uh, mm-hmm. really about how everything that we think is wrong with the world is not really so wrong and i think it really resonates in the current environment so that's a book i would recommend uh, that everyone should read but otherwise uh, in the recent years i don't know for what reason i haven't been that much of a reader so you said factfulness factfulness yes cool i'm going to check it out please do that and uh, who, you know you must be having some role model or some philosophy if not a human as a role model for business and life but as i don't want to sound uh, pompous but you know like i said earlier uh, i've always believed that it's easy for people to give advice because they don't need to live the consequences of that advice right and uh, that's what i believed about role models because what appears as a great role model and the way to do things or the way to live life uh, doesn't mean that that's going to work for you so i so therefore i don't have like this one role model or few role models either in life or in business but i take inspiration from little things that people do and that little thing could be anyone doing anything right it could be something really simple as somebody who responds on time and how they manage their mailbox to something more complex as to how somebody handled a negotiation so i just take inspirations from things and i try to sort of then reflect on how i would have done it and could i have done it better great so i think it was a you know great session and i'm sure everyone who's going to listen to this uh, would love it would learn from it and you have a such a vast uh, you know well drafted career i mean uh from consulting to you know uh, from the bmr uh, story you know starting like a startup and then take you to different level it's great positioning and now to the new age millennial exciting format uh you know the new form of office space so it was great uh, abhishek uh would love to catch up offline keep learning from you thank you so much for doing this Thanks Paris the pleasure is mine and uh, equally enjoyed this uh, and look forward to doing more business as well as interacting personally so thanks again and uh, good luck with all the great things you all are doing